0: Do you believe God? I mean, think about it. Do you believe that he answers your prayers? Most of us say, well, well, yeah, we know we ask prayers, and sometimes the answer seems to be yes. Sometimes the answer seems to be no. Sometimes the answer seems to be wait. But we believe that. I want you to think about it. There's a, in the passage of Mark chapter 9, there's this man who has a son, and the son is demon-possessed, and the demon that's inside the son tries to throw him into the fire, throws him in the water. So he comes to Jesus for help. We've mentioned this before. And <clears throat> if you notice, look at Mark chapter 9, look at verse 21 just want to just give you this background. Um, Jesus says, uh, come and there's a large crowd there and all these people that gathered around. And the father says, uh, my son, the demon throws him on the ground and rolls around and does everything. And so Jesus says in verse 21, and he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It's often thrown him both in the fire and in the water to destroy him. But notice this next. But if you can do anything Take pity on us and help us. And I like the next verse. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible to him who believe. And so we keep going on a little bit. So we've seen in verses 21 and 22 that they've got this problem. And so uh, immediately the boy's father cried out, and I love this. And he says this, all things are possible to those who believe. He said, I do believe. I do believe. Help my what? My unbelief. You know, sometimes we believe. We say, oh, I believe God. But then at the same time we go, I believe you. But gosh, is it really going to happen? Does this really happen? Does it really work this way? Are you always there? Will you never leave me or forsake me? Does it seem like you answer prayer? Does it seem like sometimes you don't answer prayer? And so this guy says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And we are to believe God when we pray, when we ask. Prayer. Now listen, so we, we may say, oh, Lord, please do this. And the answer may be no. We still believe he's going to answer prayer. The prayer answer may be no. Sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's just wait, and that's not time for that answer yet. And so, the the boy cried out. Oh, the the boy's father cried out. I do believe. Help my unbelief. And if you remember what Jesus said here, and Jesus said to him, "If you can," I mean, you're saying, "If it's possible, of course it's possible. All things are possible to him who believes." This morning we want to want to look at this whole aspect of prayer and believing and those kind of things. Now we've seen some great truths as we looked at manner and all of that and, and method and so I just want to quickly give you a brief reminder. We we talked about the manner in which we come. We come boldly unto the throne of grace. We come continuously. We come specifically and we come believing. This is what we've been seeing. We saw last week we come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace Hebrews 4.16 and we can come to find help and grace in the time of need. So we can come any Time to God, any place. We talked about coming boldly and what that meant. And the idea is we can come boldly because we are a child of God, because God tells us to come, because He loves us. And we made a distinction between the whole idea of arrogance and pride and coming to Him in humility and boldness. And we can come boldly, but we come humility with because we're coming before the living God, we're coming before the most powerful being of all time, of all everything, and we get to come to Him. And bring our request to him. We don't come in an arrogant way. We saw that, that picture of, we went through the scripture and showed the, the tax collector and the Pharisee going before God. And the tax collector uh, came and he just put his head down and said, oh Lord, I'm not even worthy to, to look at you. And the, the Pharisee came and said, Lord, I'm sure glad I'm not like that guy. It's almost like he was saying, you, you know, you're lucky to have me. And uh, the Bible goes on to say that the tax collector is the one who went down justified. So, bottom line, we can come boldly to the throne of grace because we're a child of God, because God tells us to come because he loves us. But we don't come with an arrogance or a pride in us. We come with humility. The second thing is we said we come continuously. We saw this last time. It's consistently, First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing and everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He says, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Uh, keep, you know, so we just keep our requests coming. I like the, the Luke 18, verse 1 passage where he says, you ought to always pray and not faint. In other words, just keep on asking. You remember the story that Jesus gives this parable? We'll see it later in the Gospel of Matthew as we go through Matthew verse by verse. That uh, Jesus said, what if uh, you have a neighbor... And a friend shows up late at night and you have no food for him. So you're going to go to your neighbor and ask for some food. So you go and you knock on the door and say, hey, I need some bread. I had a friend come from a long way away. And the guy says, "Uh, I'm not, I've already, uh, people are in the bed. I'm in the bed. I'm not getting up. My feet are already clean. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get up and give you any bread. And he says that he keeps knocking and keeps knocking. And finally, he gets up and gives him the bread. And he says, not because he was his friend that he gave him the bread, it's because he didn't stop asking. And he says, so come to your heavenly Father and keep asking. Keep asking. And so that's one of the great things about prayer. We can come boldly and we can come continuously. That's consistently praying and lifting up requests. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. The third thing we saw last week was we come specifically Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. We can come specifically, you can come to God about anything. And he says, let your requests be made known. We talked about this. We said, if you said, oh, please bless JB, that's not very specific. You probably won't ever see it. I mean, I'm blessed, but you probably won't. But if you get specific, and so we we talked last week that said, the more specific the request, the more specific the request the answers. And so that's one of the key things we want to do is be specific when we lift up our prayer request. And and I guarantee if you, we talked about taking a little book, take a little notebook, take something and write down, I'm going to pray for Susie and here's exactly what I'm praying for. Not bless Susie, but this. And the more specific the, the prayer request, the more specific we we'll are gonna see the answers. And that's really a powerful thing. So be specific in our prayer request. And then here's the last one. <clears throat> this is where we stopped last week. And as we come believing, we believe that God answers prayers. Now, do you believe that God answers every prayer you ask? You do. You should. Now, it may be no. You may say, oh, Lord, I want this, I want this. And then you don't get yourself, he didn't answer that one. No, he answered it. The answer was no. And, and sometimes, you know, if you go to your mom and daddy and say, "Yeah, hey, I'd like to do this, or can I borrow this? And they say, no. It, it, they answered your request. The answer was no, and sometimes God's answers are no, but sometimes they're yes, and sometimes they're wait. But we believe that he answers prayer. In fact, in Matthew 21:22, whatever you ask, believing, you'll be receive. In other words, you just can't come and say, I don't know whether you're even listening or not, so I'll just throw this up. Listen to what James says, verse 6. But he must ask in faith without doubting. Why? For the one who doubts is like a surf of the sea driven and to- tossed by the wind. And he said, listen, when you come with a prayer request, believe that God's going to hear you and he's going to answer the quest. Now it may be Not the answer you want. It may be, you may be off asking a certain thing. And he could say, as we've already seen the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us because we don't always know what to pray. He gives the information to Jesus. Jesus gives the information to the Father. We've already talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And so we may say, oh, Lord, I really need this. I really need this. And the Holy Spirit says, you think you need that, but you don't. This is what's better for you. And God later does something. You can sometimes look back. How many of you have ever prayed for something? You didn't get it. And then you look back and you said, well, I'm glad I didn't get that. I'm glad that didn't work out, right? Because we think, "Oh, I, oh, I just gotta have this. I've just gotta have this." And then God says, "No, I got something much better for you." So sometimes the no is actually better than the yes because we don't always know what to pray for. And uh, so, what does it mean that when He says the opposite of faith is doubt? When we doubt, we doubt the goodness of God, we doubt His power and His grace. Uh, it, <clears throat> his answers are yes and no. And wait, but God answers. Now, let me just say this. When we talk about faith and believing something, faith is always grounded or rooted in the word of God. What does the Bible say? And so sometimes we can pray and we can say, I know this is according to the will of God because his word actually tells us these sort of things. And so sometimes that's uh, here's what I love about about trusting the, God's word. Look at this. This is what Abraham. This is in Romans 4:20 and through 21. It said, "With respect to the promises of God, this is what God promised. He, Abraham, did not waver in unbelief." but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, he, he, he didn't go back and forth. He didn't say, you made a promise to me that this land would be mine. You made a promise to me about my son. You made, but I don't know if it's really right or not. He didn't do that. But respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And watch this. This is the part I love. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was also, or he was able, also to perform. Now, what's amazing about that is not only that God answers prayer, but God is always able to answer the prayer. He's not only keeps his promises, but he's able to do whatever he promised. Now, you and I can promise something, and I could say, I promise you I'll be there tomorrow morning at eight, but I'm not all-powerful, and I may not can keep my promise. I may get up, and I'm sick, or I may get up, and the car won't crank. I may wake up, and it's it's 10 o'clock, and I go, what happened? You know, so, but God is always all-powerful and able. So whatever he says he's going to do, he's going to do. Uh, Let me tell you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds and take us out of here? Exactly. Why do you believe that? Because it says so. It, he promised. He said that one of these days, that the dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive remain, be caught up together when thus we'll meet the Lord in the air, and thus we'll always be the Lord. Do you believe that there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ? Do you think Jesus is going to come to this earth and rule and reign in righteousness and justice for a thousand years? Do you believe that? I do. Revelation 20 says it seven times in six verses. And so, do we either believe the promises of God or not? And so, one of the promises He is says is when you pray, ask believing, believe that I'm going to answer the prayer. And 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 here's what F. B. Meyer said. F. B. Meyer was a famous uh, pastor. He said, "It's not what we want to believe, but what does God want us to believe? What does the Bible say?" What often there's confusion concerning p- faith, and people are actually taught that uh, taught somehow faith is faith and faith, just have faith. And I always say. Faith in what? See, what if I said to you, just have faith. Faith in what? Faith always has to have an object. There's no such thing as faith by itself. Faith has an object. There's something to believe, something to be assured of. And it always goes back to the Word of God. And that's the bottom line. And so when we say believe, believing, believing what? Believing the Word of God. Faith is only as good as the object. The object of our faith uh, is God's Word. We go back to the written revelation of God, His truth to us. And so as we study the Bible, in fact, the more you know of the Scripture, the more you can put together, the more you'll understand what, what the Word is and what you can pray and what what you believe is going to happen if if we go back to God's revelation, His truth to us. Listen to this. This is Paul writing, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. You don't have to turn there. He says, for this reason I've suffered these things. But I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have, what? Believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted him to that day. And, and that's the beginning of 2 Timothy. And he's basically saying, I know whom I believed. I believe the one that whenever he makes a promise, it always comes true. Whatever he says, comes true. How many prophecies in the Old Testament dealing with the first coming of Jesus to this earth, how many of those prophecies came true? Every one of them exactly. How many prophecies do you think dealing with the rapture part of Jesus Christ are going to come true? Every one of them. How many promises do you think about the second coming of Christ, coming to the earth and setting the kingdom? How many of you think those are going to come true? Every one of them. Every promise he's ever made, it comes true. He does what he says. God keeps his word. Now, here's one I love. This is one of my favorite verses. You hear me say it some. But it just deals with the aspect that we can trust that God's going to do what he tells us he's going to do. And when we lift our prayer request up, we can trust him. Let me tell you, if you get a no answer, you just got to know that the no answer is best. Right? Because if you get a no answer, you say, well, that's not fair. That's not right. I wanted this, and he should have given this to me. And God says, you just don't understand. Since you're limited and you're finite, and I'm... Infinite, and I know the end from the beginning, and I know what's best. I know what would be best for you. So when you ask that, and I give you a no answer, it's actually the better thing for you. And this verse, I love this verse. Now to him who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. The power that works within us is the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, he's able to do beyond what we could even ask or imagine. And so sometimes we're asking for something, and he'd say, you're asking way too little. You're asking way too little. When was the last time you said to God, Lord, give me somebody this week that I can share my faith with? And you'd think, well, that'd be a big deal. What if you said to him, give me somebody every day this week I could share all my faith with. What if we said, I would like for all of us in our church that if we would just remember to invite people that we could double in the next six months? Just numbers, just because everybody invites people to come and they come. You believe that could happen? What if he did four times that? What are we, what are we asking him for? He says he's able to do beyond what we could ask or think. And sometimes I think we ask too little. We say, oh, Lord, use me. Okay, let's get a little more specific then. I mean, we are supposed to pray specifically, right? So you just say, oh, Lord, use me. How? What do you want him to do? How do you want to be used? And what do you think is being used? And you know, probably if you say, well, I'd like to do this, he'd probably say, well, I could do, I could do a lot more with you if you wanted me to. Beyond what you could ask or think. Just amazing, amazing. Well, we talked about this last week, and I want to uh, give you a couple of things. If you can, turn to Acts chapter 12. Just flip over there. If you're in Mark, Luke, and John, then Acts and Acts chapter 12, you know this story. And we talk about the fact that we're supposed to believe when we pray. But that doesn't mean we always do it. And we actually see a picture in the Bible. This is Acts chapter 12, and this is where Peter is put into prison. Let me just flip it over to right here prayer was offered. Look at Acts chapter 12. Look at verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid hands on those who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. Now, this is the very early part of the church. James, the brother of John, was put to death. We always hear about James and John, James and John, James and John. Well, Herod killed James. He didn't kill John. In fact, John lived all the way up until his 90s, but he killed James. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he got Peter. He arrested Peter. And now this was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers, that's 16 soldiers, to guard him, intending that when the Passover was over, he would bring him out before the people. He's going to kill him after Passover. That's the plan. He killed James. Now he's going to kill Peter. That's the plan. What would would we do if we were there? we'd say, okay, Lord, just go ahead and kill them all. No, we'd be saying, oh, Lord, we don't want Peter to die. We love Peter. I mean, he's kind of the leader around here because he was. So Peter, verse 5, was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. So the the, the church was praying. We pray all the time, don't we? Don't we sometimes don't we send out prayer requests? And we say, if you're on the prayer chain, and if you're not on the prayer chain, it's easy to get on it. We just tell us. We add you to it. And it's an email prayer chain. It goes out. Anytime somebody in the church has a prayer request, they call in the church. We send it out. You can be praying. And you can know that if you send the prayer chain out, uh, that if you've got a prayer request, it could be two or three, four hundred people praying for you. And then they pass it on. And so think about this. This ain't having prayer chains. So John Mark's mother her house, said everybody meet at my house and we'll be praying for Peter's what? What do you think they prayed for? His what? His deli- yeah, we, we don't want Peter to die, right? Because we already saw what happened to James and we know James and John. Peter, James, and John were the inner circle with Jesus, right? And, and John was the closest. He was the youngest. He was the closest. And there's Peter and James and John and already James is dead. And now Peter is about to be dead. And so we're going, wait a minute, we can't... These are are ones Jesus picked, and and so we, we, we we don't want this to happen. So prayer was made. If you remember, and without us going through all the verses, if you remember that the night before that they were going to bring Peter out and kill him, an angel came into the cell, had to wake Peter up. Peter obviously wasn't that worried about it. He was awake, woke him up, his chains fell off, the angel said, get dressed. Peter put on some clothes. And, and, and then the angel, the, the door of the cell opened up. And those four, those 16 soldiers, they were all like asleep. And he, they all walked right out the door. They came to the door that leads outside into the city. It says that the door opened by itself. And Peter and this angel, and he assumed, he said, it must be angel. They got out. And as they walked down the street, the angel disappeared. And Peter said, well, I must not be supposed to die. <laughs> that's what Peter basically said. He must, I must be delivered. So where's he going to go? Where do you think he'll go? John Mark's mother's house. Because what's the church doing? Praying for his release. And they're believing it, aren't they? Oh, we believe that God is going to save Peter's life. Or do they? So look at, and, and look at right here, did they believe? Look at verse Thirteen. He gets there, and when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. So people are inside praying. Servant girl, here's a knock at the gate. Now, by the way, listen. They had a house, okay? Then they had a yard, and then they usually had a fence around their houses. A lot of them, especially in the city, and so you had an outer gate, and then you'd come into the yard, and then you'd go into the house. So they're all in the house praying, and there's somebody knocking at the gate. And so she comes out and comes to the gate, and notice what happens. When she recognized Peter's voice. I mean, Peter's famous. Everybody knows him. Because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran inside and announced that Peter was standing in the front gate. Now, if you're Peter, and you go, hey, it's me. And she goes, yay. And she goes, could you not open the door? Where did she go? She goes running back in, Right? She goes running back in, and because of joy, she goes in, and she announced, Peter is at the gate. Okay, what have they been praying for? Peter's release, you know? So what did they say? They say, we knew it. We figured it. No, they said to her, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. She kept insisting that it was so. Now, the way that's written in the Greek, it wasn't like she just said, yes, he is. She kept going, yes, he is, and they kept going, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. She kept insisting. So they kept saying, it must be his angel. It must be some spirit part of him that showed up because surely he must be dead. That must be happened. And they must have killed him. And and then they they kept saying, but Peter continued knocking. And you can see Peter up there. Rhoda, th- would somebody come back and get me? Because they might find me. I mean, I'm out of jail. They'd be looking for me if they hear all this noise. And so Peter continued knocking. when they opened the door, they saw him and were, what was it? Amazed. God answered our prayer. Sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Have you ever prayed something and you go, yeah, well, I really want it, Lord. And then it happens and you go, whoa, that's a miracle. We said, well, what did you pray for? Why are you so amazed that he answers the prayer? Sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes it's yeah. And listen, I love this. But motioning to them with his hand to be quiet, to be don't don't make too much noise. They'll find me. And so just think about how beautiful that is. So we go. We we must trust God. Now I wanted to throw this out just for fun. Sometimes I call it errors in prayer, that people pray things that are, are sort of are unbiblical. Let me show you what they are. Here's one. Oh, Lord, please be with me. Hebrews 13, I'll never leave you forsake you. What should you fear? Did you, should you pray, oh, Lord, please be with me? Is he already with you? Is he inside you? How about this one? Oh, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. Romans 8 9, every believer has the Holy Spirit. I've, I've gone to places and a person get up and say, oh, Lord, we pray tonight that you'll just give us your Holy Spirit. He's already given us the Holy Spirit. The time that it happened was the day of Pentecost, and there were 120 people in the upper room praying, and then as tongues like fire came, and then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So how about this one? Lord, give me your power. Do you have his power? You already have the power of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes people pray things that are just out to lunch. I mean, really, I don't mean in a bad way, but I mean, try to be biblical if you can. You know what I'm saying? All right, now, what I did, if you look on the back of your sheet, the very last page on the very back, I just put some things for you for fun, we'll get to the applications in just a minute, but I've got just biblical passages, and and just, let's say that you uh, were depressed. Let's say you were depressed. Read Psalm thirty-four. Read Psalm one thirty-nine. If you were worried about something, look at Philippians four. If if you felt discouraged, Psalm twenty-three, Psalm forty-two. If you if you needed courage, read Joshua one. If if you were doubting something, read Hebrews chapter eleven. If you were thankful, read uh, uh, Psalm one thirty-six or jo- making joyful noise, Psalm one hundred. Uh, so these I just put these for you just for fun. You can use them. You don't have to use them. Most of you know things like this anyway. But sometimes you might say, I just feel I just feel. Discouraged. Well, read the 23rd Psalm. Read Psalm 42. Read Isaiah chapter 40, uh, and they'll encourage you. There's some really good things there. So what we've seen is the method. To the Father, in the name of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit, according to the will of God. We've seen the manner. Boldly, continuously, specifically, and believing so as we as we end we got just a few minutes but as we end let's pray for one another let's just keep going we we've been talking about uh this and 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 by the way uh, next week the next lesson the next two or three lessons are going to be on intercessory prayer as we pray for each other because i think we do that all the time people all the time come up to each other and say hey pray for me i got this big thing coming and they go yeah well what we're what we a lot of times we say is I sure will and we never think about it again. So what we really need to do is have you know use your phone if you have to write it in there and pray for Susie. It's Tuesday at three when she has this test thing. Okay, so we want to do that. We want to be specific and we want to pray for each other. And so for the next couple of lessons we're going to talk about intercessory prayer, and we're going to talk about two different things. What do we pray for? What do we pray for? Now oftentimes we pray. For material things and physical things. But I want you to look at it in a different way in the next couple of weeks. So let's pray for one another. And let's pray according to the pattern. And if we think about the pattern, we can pray to our Father in the authority, in the name of Jesus. We can pray in God's power, knowing that the Holy Spirit's interceding for us. And as we know the Word, we can pray according to His will. So that's what we've been seeing, praying to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. So that's the pattern. We've also seen the idea that we want to pray in the biblical manner, and that is this, pray boldly. You're his children. You can come to him anytime, any place, anywhere about anything. Pray consistently. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying. Some I mean, you don't always know if it's a no or a wait. Because sometimes you say, Well, I didn't get a yes. Okay, keep praying, because it may just be a wait. And he may want you to continually to trust him and lift it up. Sometimes it's obviously a no. You could tell and you say, Well, that door's shut. Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, I talked to a guy, it's been about a month ago. He was applying for a job, and he had, they thought that might be a good job, but the whole thing closed up. And he said, man, I didn't get that job. I said, well, at least you know that's not, you, that's not what you're looking for. God's, God may have protected you. Think about that. Sometimes a no actually protects us because we think we want something. He says, that wouldn't be best for you. So pray boldly, pray consistently, pray specifically, be as detailed as we possibly can, and then pray believing that God answers prayer.